Section sixty two of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume ten. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Genial Idiot Discusses Leap Year by John Kendrick Bangs. If I were a woman, said the idiot, I think that unless I had an affidavit from the man, sworn to before a notary and duly signed and sealed, stating that he did the proposing, I should decline to marry, or announce my engagement to be married, in leap year. It is one of the drawbacks which the special privilege of leap year confers upon women, that it puts them under suspicion of having done the courting, if the thing comes out during the year. "'Don't you worry about that,' laughed Mrs. Pedagog. "'You can go through this country with a fine-tooth comb, and I'll wager you won't find a woman anywhere who avails herself of the privilege, who wouldn't have done the same thing in any old year if she wanted to. Of all the funny old superstitions, the quaintest of the lot, is that leap-year proposal business.' "'How you talk!' cried the idiot. "'Such iconoclasm!' I had always supposed that leap year was a sort of matrimonial safety valve for old maids, and here in a trice you overthrow all the cherished notions of a lifetime. Why, Mrs. Pedagog, I know men who take to the woods every leap year just to escape the possibilities. Courageous souls, said the landlady, facing the unknown perils of the forest, rather than manfully meeting a proposal of marriage. "'It's hard to say no to a woman,' said the idiot. "'I'd hate like time to have one of them come to me and ask me to be hers. Just imagine it. Some dainty little damsel of a soulful nature, with deep blue eyes and golden curls, and pearly teeth and cherry lips, a cheek like the soft and ripening peach, and a smile that would bewitch even a St. Anthony.' getting down on her knees and saying, "'Oh, idiot, dearest idiot, be mine. I love you devotedly, tenderly, all through the rogers thesaurusly, and have from the moment I first saw you. With you to share it, my lot in life will be heaven itself. Without you a Saharan waste of arctic frigidity. Wilt thou?' "'I think I'd wilt.' I couldn't bring myself to say, No, Ethelinda, I cannot be yours because my heart is set on a strengthful damsel with raven locks and eyes of coal, with lips a shade less cherry than thine, and a cheek more like the apple than the peach, who can go out on the links and play golf with me. But if you ever need a brother in your business, I am the floor-walker that will direct you to the bargain-counter where you'll find the latest thing in brothers at cost. I'd simply cave in on the instant and say, All right, Ethelinda, call a cab and we'll trot around to the little church around the corner and tie the knot. That is my love if you think you can support me in the style to which I am accustomed. Mr. Brief laughed. I wouldn't bother if I were you, Mr. Idiot said he. Women don't tie up very strongly to idiots. Oh, don't they? retorted the idiot. Well, do you know I had a sort of notion that they did? 
the men that some of the nice girls i have known in my day have tied up to have somehow or other given me the impression that a woman has a special leaning towards idiots there was my old sweetheart sally wiggins for instance that wasn't her real name of course but she was one of the finest girls that ever attended a bargain sale she had a mind far above the ordinary she could read schopenhauer at sight understand browning in a minute her soul was as big as her heart and her heart was two and a half sizes larger than the universe she was so strong-minded that although she could write poetry she wouldn't and in the last year of her single blessedness she was the queen pin among the girls of her set what she said was law and emancipation of her sex was her only vice well what do you think happened to sally wiggins after refusing every fine man in town including myself i must say i only asked her five times no telling what a six would have brought forth she succumbed to the blandishments of the first sap-headed young lochinvar that came out of the west married him and is now the smiling mother of nine children does all the family sewing makes her own parlor bric-a-brac out of the discarded utensils of the kitchen dresses herself on ninety dollars a decade and is happy but if she loved him began the lawyer impossible said the idiot she pitied him she knew that if she didn't marry him and take charge of him another woman would and that the chances were ten to one that the other woman wouldn't do the thing right and that saphead's life would be ruined for ever but you say she is happy persisted the lawyer certainly she is said the idiot because her life is an eternal sacrifice to saphead's needs and if there is a luxury in this mundane sphere that woman essentially craves it is the luxury of sacrifice there is something fanatic about it sally wiggins voluntarily turned her back on seven men that i know of one of whom is a governor of his state two of whom are now in congress one of whom is a judge of a state court two of whom have become millionaire merchants and the seventh of whom is to-day probably the most brilliant ornament of the penitentiary every one of them turned down for saphead a man who parted his hair in the middle couldn't earn seven dollars a century on his wits is destined to remain hopelessly nothing keeps her busy sewing buttons on his clothes and to save his life couldn't tell the difference between matthew arnold and an automobile and yet you tell me that women don't care for idiots miss wiggins or mrs saphead to be more precise said mr brief is only one instance well there was margaret perkins same town same experience said the idiot lovely girl sought after by everybody proposed to her myself five times president of the mental culture society of bagville graduate of smythe woman member of board of education director of young girls institute danced like a dream had a sense of humor laughed at my jokes and married what well what demanded the lawyer professor omega knit zero teacher of singalese in the university of oklawaha 
founded by a millionaire from Geneseo, New Jersey, who owned a hotel on the Oklawaha River that didn't pay, and hoped to brace up a bad investment by the establishment in the vicinity of a center of culture. Professor Zero receives ten dollars a week, and with his wife and three pupils, constitutes the whole faculty, board of trustees, janitor, and student body of the university, said the idiot. Mrs. Zero dresses on nothing a year, cares for her five children on the same basis, and is happy. They are the principal patrons of the Oklawaha Hotel. Well, if she is happy, said the bibliomaniac, what business is it of anybody else? I think if Professor Zero makes her happy, he's the right kind of a man. You couldn't make Zero the right kind of a man, said the idiot. He isn't built that way. He wears men's clothes, and he has sweet manners, and a dulcet voice, and the learning of the serpent. But when it comes to manhood, he has the initiative of the turtle, lacking the cash value of the terrapin, or the turtle's mock brother. He wears a beard but it is the beard of the bearded lady who up to date appears to be a useless appanage of the strenuous life and when you try to get at his americanism if he has any he flies off into stilted periods of having to do with the superior virtues of the singalese and margaret perkins that was hangs on his utterances as though he were a very archangel good ejaculated mr brief I am glad to hear that she is happy. So am I, said the idiot. But such happiness. Well, what has it got to do with leap year anyhow? asked the bibliomaniac. Nothing at all, except that it proves that girls aren't fitted really to choose their own husbands, and that therefore the special privilege conferred upon them by the recurrence of leap year should be rescinded by law, said the idiot. That privilege owing to woman's incapacity to choose correctly and man's weakness in the use of negatives is a standing menace to the future happiness of the people hoity-toity cried mrs pedagog what a proposition tell me mr idiot if a woman is not capable of selecting her own husband who on earth is man himself that embodiment of all the wisdom and all the sagacity of the ages I didn't say so, said the idiot, and I don't really think so, he added. The whole institution of getting engaged to be married should be regulated by the public authorities. Every county should have its matrimonial bureau, whose duty it should be to pair off all the eligible candidates in the matrimonial market, and in pairing them off it should be done on a basis of mutual fitness bachelors and old maids should be legislated out of existence and nobody should be allowed to marry a second time until everybody else has been provided for it is perfectly scandalous to me to read in the newspapers that a prominent widow in a certain town has married her third husband when it is known that the same city contains twenty-five thousand old maids who haven't the ghost of a show unless the state steps in and helps them out what business has any woman to work up a corner in husbands, with so many of her sisters absolutely starving matrimonially? And the young people are to have nothing to say about it, eh? asked Mr. Brief. Oh, yes, they can put in an application to the Bureau stating that they want to wed. 
and the board of managers can consider the desirability of issuing a permit said the idiot and they should be compelled to show cause why they should not be restrained from getting married it is only in such a way that the state can reasonably guarantee the permanence of a contract to which it is in a sense a party the state by the establishment of certain laws demands that the marriage contract shall practically be a life affair it should therefore take it upon itself to see to it that there is a tolerable prospect at least that the contract is a just one many a poor woman has been bound to a lifelong obligation of misery in which no consideration whatever has been paid by the party of the second part if a contract without consideration will not stand in commerce why should it stand in matrimony what you ought to go in for is mormonism snapped mrs pedagog keep on getting married until you've found just the right one and then get rid of all the others that is a pleasing alternative said the idiot but expensive i'd hate to pay a milliner's bill for a mormon household but anyhow we needn't grow acrimonious over the subject for whatever i may think of matrimony as she exists to-day all the injustices inequalities miseries of it and all that i prefer it to acrimony and i haven't the slightest idea that my dream of perfect conditions will ever be realized only mary yes sir said the maid if between this and the first of january nineteen o five any young ladies or old ones either call here and ask for me yes sir said the maid tell em i've gone to nijni norvgorod and i am not expected back for eleven years said the idiot i'm not going to take any chances end of the genial idiot discusses leap year recording by rhonda fetterman end of the wit and humor of america volume ten edited by marshall pickney wilder